Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Look, it'd be awesome if TJ Watt recorded three sacks tomorrow in Baltimore and got to 20 and really wrapped up, I think, Defensive Player of the Year. It'd be amazing if Mason Rudolph had a third consecutive strong performance coming out of 2023. And it'd really be something if this football team were to somehow sneak into the playoffs. But I've got a great big dot, dot, dot after all of that. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also cover two other teams in town, the Penguins and Pirates, and offer daily shots on both of those as well. Steelers versus Ravens. That's a 4.30 p.m. kickoff at M&T Bank Stadium. I'll be leaving later tonight for Baltimore to cover that for DK Pittsburgh Sports. Of course, any number of good things can come out of that game. As weird as it'll be to see a result that might not have the real result, meaning if the Steelers win, they're still not going to know if they're in until Sunday. And here's hoping... That somewhere along the line, whether it's this weekend or the following week or even a month from now, that rational, responsible thought will rule the day this offseason. Here's hoping that however good everything happens to turn out, whether it's over the next couple of days or the next couple of weeks or whatever, that it's understood specifically by Art Rooney, that change is needed, that the Steelers as a whole can't continue to operate as they have and hug each other at season's end because they either just made it or they almost made it. And from there, hope that any and all badness that happened along the way just kind of disappears into the mist. You know, it never happened. Nobody ever hired the bad coordinator. Nobody ever kept the bad coordinator way longer than he should have been kept. No one ever made the blah draft picks that have dotted pretty much most of the past half decade. Nobody ever blew off modernizing the entire process, not least of which is having real live video review specialists and rule specialists under your own umbrella so that you can do intelligent things within the only 17 games you get to play all season long. I don't mean to be a bummer here. I swear. I'm looking at this weekend and everything that this collection of players has done to put itself into position to even have a prayer at the playoffs as a great big positive. And I'll give 
the head coach and his staff the fair amount of credit for having bounced back the way they have from those couple of losses to two and 10 opponents. But speaking only for myself here, I am beyond sick and tired of attempting to slice up every little piece of Steelers history and analyze it within itself. Because the cold, hard fact is that for way, way, way too long now, this team hasn't won a single bleeping playoff game, much less contended for a championship. And last time I checked, at least upon hearing them say it, that is the singular goal. That is the only reason they assemble in Latrobe every summer. Heck, they say it themselves. It bounces off the hills at St. Vincent College. We're all about the Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. They haven't sniffed that in forever. And there are real reasons why they haven't. So it's time for everybody, whether that's Tomlin, if he's still here next season, whether that's Omar Khan and Andy Weidel in their management roles, whether that goes all the way up to Rooney, to start taking a wider lens to the entire scene, to the entire time span, and ask themselves both what's gone right and what's gone wrong, not just whatever it is that plays out this weekend in Baltimore. And you know what else that involves? An open mind, a completely open mind about a lot of things, about the value of the 3-4 defense. Just throwing it out there. I'm not taking one side or another. Just throwing it out there. Is that really the way that you want to be going in the year 2024? About the intensely conservative approach to all things on the field, but chiefly offensive matters. Yeah, we've seen a handful more risks over the past couple of weeks, but you know what else we've seen? Really good results. Do you really need to punt on fourth and two from the opponent's 40? Like ever? Bigger picture stuff. How you hire a coordinator or promote a coordinator or even evaluate all of your coordinators and coaches. Is loyalty paramount? Is the staff size too small? Do you go to the outside? Do you bring in somebody who might replace your current head coach? All new concepts at least in this myopic atmosphere. And you know what? While I'm at it, I'll throw in quarterback. I'll do that. I'll say that there's no reason on God's green earth that anybody associated with decision-making for the Pittsburgh Steelers all the way up to Rooney should be looking at Mason Rudolph as anything other than what he is right in front of their faces right now. I don't care who might have messed it up. I don't care whether or not he and Ben Roethlisberger got along or somebody was trying to protect some kind of draft pick. I don't care. I do know that a wholly open outlook needs to occur on this particular player no matter what label has been affixed to him along the way and no matter who it was that affixed that label and why. And if none of those things seem possible after a thorough 
and I'm being really thorough, like unprecedented thorough review conducted by Rooney himself. If none of those things seem like they will actually happen, then it's time for the other change that I was advocating for. Not all that long ago, it's time to have all eyes facing forward. When we come back, J1Q. Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George, LGKG, is a personal injury law firm in western Pennsylvania that represents people hurt in car accidents or who need help with workers' comp or medical malpractice. When the attorneys at LGKG make you a promise, they keep it. They've been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. LGKG's been AV rated, the highest rating a law firm can receive, and They've been designated super lawyers. That's actually a thing for over 15 years. It's a rare combination. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. Learn more about them by visiting lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. LGKG. J1Q comes from Kai, one of our military members on DK Pittsburgh Sports. Thanks for your service, Kai. He asks, thank you, DK, for addressing on the Thursday episode the hold on TJ Watt where TJ got hurt. I want to know why player safety in the National Football League only seems to apply for quarterbacks and wide receivers and not for defensive players. If player safety is the league's biggest concern, why not enforce it for everyone? You know, it's funny, Kai. There's actually a couple other positional groups that you can throw into that. They never, ever get brought up. Like, for example, the rules that went in not that long ago to protect long snappers. Every once in a while, they come up, but only whenever there's a penalty call. There's only certain things you're allowed to do with those guys because they're in such a prone position. They're in such a dangerous position that the league stepped in to protect them. And in the interest of fairness, I'm going to point out here that a couple of the more controversial fines that have been assessed to the Steelers have been against offensive players for doing things to defensive players. Jalen Warren stands out in that regard because the league really went at him over what they perceive to be illegal hits with his head. But we also saw George Pickens get penalized on what a lot of people now refer to as the Heinz Ward rule, meaning you can't be blindsiding people when you're blocking them with that almost always applying to wide receivers further down the field. So there are exceptions to this, and it's not just about quarterbacks. It's not just about making sure that every Tom Brady can make his next start. Now, that said... To reiterate from yesterday's episode, I am of the belief that the league made an understated decision in the middle of this season to increase enforcement. Well, actually, let me put that a different way. To decrease enforcement of holding calls in general, but holding calls against preeminent defensive ends, to be more specific. And if that sounds like the suits in New York would be unfairly targeting uh, TJ or Miles Garrett or Max Crosby or any of the guys who are really, really, really good at this, then yeah, that's what it is. 
And that's the part that I don't like. That's the element to this that I find the least savory. I don't mind thinking up additional ways to protect quarterbacks. I really don't. I don't enjoy any more than you do sitting down for a game between backup quarterbacks or third string quarterbacks or right off the street quarterbacks. It's nowhere near as much fun. It's nowhere near as much uh, high stakes when it comes to not only the, the ongoing season and the standings and so forth, but also just history. You know, when you saw Ben Roethlisberger take to the field against fill-in-the-blank prominent quarterback over the course of his brilliant career, there was just something extra to it. Whether you're in the seats cheering for the team or I'm up in the press box doing my job, there was just something extra to it. You felt like you were witnessing something that was a little bit larger than life in that moment. I do not want to see the league get to the point where the year of the backup becomes the decade of the backup. However, the one idea that I always put forth on this is the one idea I never hear from anybody else, and I I don't know why, so I never expected to pick up any steam, but that is to have a minor league. I really don't think that's asking a whole heck of a lot. I just, if you can have a minor league in the NHL, and you can have one, in Major League Baseball, and you can have at least the beginnings of one in the NBA, what is stopping America's most popular sport from doing it? You could create like this, 32 minor league franchises, one assigned as an affiliate to each of the parent clubs, spread them all over America, maybe even throw a couple into Canada or Mexico or however it is that you want to do it, And you'd have people playing. You'd have, just think of Mason Rudolph. He wouldn't be a secret for anybody because he'd be somewhere. Let's say he's playing for the the Tulsa whatevers, okay? And he's down there and he's looking like this. How long do you think he'd be anybody's backup? How long do you think it'd be before he'd be more than good enough to be one of the 32 starters in the NFL? But you never know. Because all that happens over the course of an NFL season is practices that are mostly off limits to everybody and practice squads that are completely off limits. The idea, the goal in the NFL is to hide those guys. That's insane. The amount of money that they could make, even if you all the rest of this is BS that I'm saying, the amount of money that you could make would be astronomical. Don't even, I got to. I got a job to do tonight. Don't get me started on this or I'll be talking about it or mumbling about it the whole way down I-70. Listen, guys, uh, I'm going to have a special episode of Daily Shot Sunday morning following the game in Baltimore before I come back. Uh, Everybody be good. And as always, thank you so much for listening. 